0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Voices from the Pews, the show that invites you to conversations with Catholics of color and those from communities of non-European origin so that we can get to know more about each other's faith, experiences, and stories. I'm your host, Lorna DeRose. The Chaldean Rite is one of the 23 Eastern Rites of the Catholic Church. She is autonomous and retains her own traditions and forms of liturgy. However, she is in communion with the other rites and recognizes the primacy of the Pope. The Chaldean Catholic Church traces her roots back to two disciples of St. Thomas the Apostle. Today's guest Deacon Selmed Ashkuri grew up in Iraq and came to the U.S. as a teen with his family, and serves the Immaculate Conception, Chaldean Mission, as well as the Latin Rite of the Archdiocese of Boston. Just a quick content advisory, during our conversation, there are some descriptions of violence. So if you are listening with little ones, you may want to listen with headphones or consider skipping that portion of our conversation. I hope you enjoy listening. Deacon Sermed Ashkuri, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. So I'd like to begin our interview today. If you would share a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in Iraq?
1: Sure. I was born in 1976 in Baghdad, Iraq, as a Catholic uh, person, a Catholic family. Iraq is mostly Islam and uh, minorities are Christians and other groups like Yazidis and and Kurdish as well. Arabs are the majority. I grew up in Iraq uh, in Baghdad mostly. With my family, my brother, my sister, my parents, and I went to elementary school and high, and half of my high school. Uh, unfortunately, uh, due to wars, I, I happened to live in two wars. Uh, my family was had to leave Iraq and come to the United States. Iraq, to me, is very special. It's a center of civilization. It's a, bl- a place of many prophets. The first five chapters of the Old Testament, Genesis. Uh, What's written in Iraq, Prophet Daniel, Prophet Ibrahim, Prophet Noah, were there, or born, or died there. And uh, many histories happen in Iraq. And uh, I was about 16 years old when I left the country. So half of me it belongs there. My wife as well is from Iraq, and I try to have my kids uh, understand where they are from originally. And I took them several times there. And... Uh, uh, still, part I of me. Mean, still, there are a lot of Christians living there. Uh, uh, By not as before because of war. The sad part is uh, after 2003 war, ISIS played a big role in uh, destroying churches, destroying the history in Iraq, and uh, as well as threatening Christians to leave Iraq and the Middle East in general. And we can we were kind of spread like refugees. Mm-hmm. You know, just like infant Jesus, when he was born, you know, didn't know where to want to go and, and, and find a place for him to be, to be born. So, it's, as I said, it's still a big piece of me till now. And we, we always communicate. We always try to work with the Catholic churches over there to help the, the Christians and the Yazidis and other, even the Muslims.
0: Of course. Now, the Christian faith, as you say, has a deep history within Iraq. From what I understand, uh, the Apostle Thomas was the one who brought the faith to Iraq, and it's well-seated there. And so we have 23 rites within the Catholic Church, and one of these rites is the Chaldean rite, which you are a part of. Also, I understand that a majority of Christians are Catholic. Is that the case? In
1: Iraq, yes. Yes, Catholic.
0: And what is the life like for a Catholic living in Iraq today?
1: Today is, is tough. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. They don't have the freedom to practice the religion as before. They're under danger uh, practicing religion. Uh, although churches are still open and they're big threats. During the, since the invasion the, the, or since 2003 war, the churches were attacked many times. Christians wake up in the morning with the notes on their front door or on their car, either to uh, give us your daughter or pay taxes, or or they see a bomb or a bullet under their car as a note to leave Iraq. But on top of that, there's a quote from St. Paul where he says, you know, if God is with me, who can stand against me? So a lot of Christian people believe in that quote, have faith in that quote, and uh, they wake up in the morning, they pray, go to church. On top of that, uh, and they go to a normal life. I mean, church right now, it's not as you enter the church, it's not like you go to a regular church You go through the front door or the side door. No, you go through checkpoints, after checkpoints, after checkpoints, and then finally you get to the church, but you don't see it. There's big 20 feet concrete walls that surround the church. In every church, pretty much in Iraq or in Baghdad or, or up north. And then you have to go around those concrete walls again by checkpoint, who are either Christians, uh, security guards at the front of the gate. You're not free as before. But on top of that, mass is still going on. The church bell still rings. And there are some good Muslim people who help support the Christians to keep the, the Christians in Iraq. As before, when I was living, we had more freedom than now.
0: And it sounded like it wasn't a moment where you had to go through checkpoints in order to enter to attend Mass.
1: Yeah. I mean, before we used to have a midnight Mass for Christmas or Easter, mm-hmm. the good old days. But now it's, we can't have a midnight Mass just because of condition you're in, the environment you're in. Because you could be kidnapped, you could be hurt. You know, during the Mass, many times, uh, there are bombs uh, thrown at the church. Uh, There's missiles thrown at the church. I can give an example. 2010, October 31st, was a Sunday of the Feast of All Saints. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our Lady of Salvation Church is a Syriac Catholic cathedral church. And right in the middle of Baghdad, it was a five o'clock Mass on Sunday. And uh, there were about uh, 80 people or so attending the Mass. My uncle's wife was there. A couple of my parents' cousins were there. And uh, it's a big church. It's a, it's a cathedral for the Syria Catholic, right? And so there's a group of ISIS or Islamic or uh, extremists, I should say, enter the church. They pass the gate, uh, security guard gates, and they enter the church. And they hold a hostage for four hours. Mm. The outcome of it, 50 people died, uh, including children and uh, women. And some men, there were three priests, one of the priests who was reading the gospel as they entered the church. The mass was at five o'clock. He was reading the gospel at 510. They entered at 510 and he saw them entering. He continued reading the gospel and he got shot while reading the gospel. And uh, another priest who happened to be in the mass as well, tried to slow them down, block them or do something as they were entering the church. He got shot as well. The third priest, there were three priests that day during that mass. The third priest who was the same priest who was baptized me and my wife and married us, uh, my wife and I, in uh, 2004. Uh, He was there as well, but he was near near the sacristy. So he tried to collect all the people that were running away, uh, put them in the sacristy, lock the door, and uh, keep them safe. The sacristy is not that big, but... He was able to squeeze as many as possible. The children were able to put them in the closets to protect them, or the drawers. There were big drawers to protect them. Uh, The extremists tried to attack the sacristy from the back door, and uh, they tried to sneak a grenade. And one of the people, uh, persons who were in the sacristy, threw himself at the grenade and saved others as it exploded. The priest himself tried to block the door from the extremists to enter the sacristy room. He got hurt as well. And there were two extremists who blew themselves up. And I happened to visit the church six months after the event. Me and my wife and my son, my wife actually was present with my daughter. By that time when we got there, they haven't finished cleaning it up. uh, So uh, I saw body part of the suicide bomber inside the wall. It gives you a sense of these people that kept their faith, and those people got killed are martyrs now. And uh, either way, I see it every time there was a bomb or, or attack or a church been burned at that same week, uh, there was a mass in that church, the mm-hmm. same week, there was a wedding in that church, at the same week, there was uh, baptism in that church. So the faith never gone the faith stayed and got stronger and stronger and stronger
0: this is persevering faith this is even in spite or despite the horrific actions of others people are heroically saying that this will not make me lose or give up what i believe thank you for sharing that with us because i think sometimes we forget You know, we take it for granted that you can just get in your car or walk or however and just go to mass, but there are others whom that that is not their experience. This is not so simple to be a Christian because you can be threatened your your family, your persons because of who you believe or what you believe. Um, So I think that is important. But as we're talking about some of these events. And you talk about the strength of the faith, the persevering faith of so many. You know, you had to leave Iraq with your family. Um, How did that impact your faith?
1: I left when I was almost sixteen, and uh, I was in high school back then. And I came with my parents and my sister, and uh, here to the United States, actually to Massachusetts. And uh, I left in 1991, so there was not that much. I was going to say civil war or that that many attacks on the Christians? No, uh, it was different situation. As I got here, my faith was getting stronger and stronger in God. My parents kept taking us to church as as before in Iraq as well. But here they kept taking us to church. Uh, we were looking for the Arabic mass. You know, we went to the Maronite church uh, Lady of Cedar of Lebanon and Jamaica Plain. We went also to the Latin masses as well. My parents did try to keep us, uh, our faith strong and practice. So for me, I kept reading the gospel, even though sometimes I didn't understand. And uh, it got me through, but slowly, slowly until one day I got the call to join the the academic program, Mm -hmm. which I I never thought I'd be ordained at that time, but Mm -hmm. just give it a shot.
0: Sure. But even before you were asked to consider that the acunate formation you had been very active in the community you and your wife
1: yes that's correct when we, uh, my wife and i we got married in 2004 mm-hmm. uh, after we got married uh, five years later there, uh, there was a new mission opened up uh, it's called Our lady of Mesopotamia, syria catholic mission and my wife and i were very active in it mm-hmm. and we i was one of the people uh, Run it, uh, and there was a priest, a pastor uh, assigned to the mission, and uh, we had a mass once or twice a month on mm-hmm. Saturday. And there was a lot of Christians, Iraqis, Catholic uh, in the in the in, in the Boston area mm-hmm. until uh, our mission had to be uh, switch rites yeah. from Syriac to Chaldean.
0: We'll continue with our conversation in a moment. But first, we'd love to hear your voice. Send an email to voicesfromthepewspodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 617-682-0885. Hi, this is Byron Lee from superblink.org. Are you thinking about starting a podcast, but you just don't know where to begin? I can help you through the entire process, everything from setting up your first RSS feed to editing the audio, finding music, and inserting sound effects. Check out superblink.org for more information. You're listening to Voices from the Pews. Now, back to the show. The mission was switched to the Chaldean Rite, um, and it's been that way for about four years, yes?
1: Correct, since yeah. 2017.
0: 2017. So yeah. being that you are a newly formed mission in, in the Chaldean Rite, yes. um, what are some things that you have been doing, as, and, and especially now that you, as a deacon, you're serving the Chaldean Rite, uh, the Chaldean mission, what have you been doing?
1: Uh, Bishop Francis Qalabat, uh, as of January of this year, assigned me as an uh, administrator uh, for the mission as a deacon, and uh, I've been organizing the masses every month and working with the Latin Church to reserve masses for us. Also, organize uh, Bible studies, religious ed classes, uh, first communion events within the church, within the parishioners' picnic, for example. Activities for the kids, activities for the adults, and uh, trying to strengthen the roots of the mission and grow it day by day. Uh, and it's been happening and everything is, is possible with God. Uh, it's been happening. Uh, sometimes I feel like two steps forward, one step backward, or one step forward, two steps backward. But we're moving forward slowly and slowly. The mission the name is uh, the Immaculate Conception, Chaldean Mission, uh, is, is growing and the, the root is, 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 uh, is getting stronger. In two weeks, we're having our, our second, first communion mass uh, in the mission.
0: Wonderful, how many will and,
1: we... uh Three kids this year. We'll take as many as possible. Of, uh, of course. It's a blessing, uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever God give us is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a priest from Chicago, Father Hermes Haddad is coming to serve at the mass. And uh, in addition, Cardinal Sean O'Malley and Bishop Francis Collabat work together Mm -hmm. to help us provide the mission, uh, a priest, a Latin priest who has permission to celebrate the Mass in Chaldean Rite. And we have two Latin priests from the Archdiocese of Boston who help us uh, celebrate Masses in Chaldean Rite every Sunday.
0: Nice. That's wonderful. And
1: Oh, yeah. Because there's challenges Mm -hmm. bringing a priest from Detroit uh, with our diocese. From from. So we have to thank God for this. We have two Latin priests uh, who help us celebrate Mass in end, right?
0: I'm, I'm so happy to hear that because, as you say, coming from Detroit, that is a long flight. Yes. Uh, um, even if you're doing it twice a month or something, that does, yeah. yeah. It but- takes a
1: lot of effort from the priest. Sorry, interrupt. it takes a lot of effort from the priest who's coming from Detroit. He has to find a replacement for him. If he has any classes scheduled for him or any activities, he has to find a replacement. But uh, every, like, big event, like Christmas, Easter, for example, I try to organize a priest that comes in and celebrate the Mass in Arabic and Aramaic. Currently, the two Latin priests, they, they pray in English or say their prayers in English. We respond in Arabic or Aramaic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a mixed language.
0: It's a mix. Yes, it's a yes, multilingual Mass, right? Multilingual
1: there. Mass, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is unique. We got used to it, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's for the Lord. Uh,
0: And, you know, praying in any language, um, I think it it just makes you understand and see the universality. that Even though the priest is saying the prayers in English, you can respond in Aramaic or in Arabic. uh,
1: That means a lot.
0: Are there particular feasts in addition to Easter or Christmas that you have the opportunity to celebrate?
1: Sure. Uh, We have... A lot of feasts are similar to the Latin. Mm -hmm. One of them is the Feast of the Cross, which you guys share as well. The Latin church shared as well. But what we do a little bit different is uh, we light up a fire after the mass. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously the priest comes in, say a prayer. And uh, traditionally, uh, we jump over the fire three times or we dance around it. Depends how big is the fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this goes back all the way to St. Helen where now is Turkey yes. where she found the cross in short summary the way she found the cross she sent her servants there to Jerusalem and they found three crosses and they had six people with them and mm. well, they had to touch each cross and whoever touched the true cross was healed mm. so once they figured out the true cross they light up a fire on top of the hill a mile away uh, another people saw the fire they light up their own fire on top of the hill. And that's how the signal traveled all the way to Turkey or St. Helens-Cat, you know, place.
0: And that's how she knew that the cross had been found.
1: Yes, correct. Mm. And uh, uh, September 14th happens to be on Thursday, I believe. Yes. Uh, or one or Wednesday, or one of them. And uh, instead, because we cannot uh, celebrate a Mass during the week, so we're doing it on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday, September eleven, I believe, uh we after the mass, we, after celebrating the mass, we will light up a fire outside in the parking lot, and um, and pray and uh, jump over it. Even kids and adults and jump.
0: We'll jump over. So I was going to ask before you jump over the fire, is there something that you have to do before you jump over the fire?
1: uh You pray for God for something, mm-hmm. and uh, normally they they do it three times. Don't ask me why three times. But maybe one for Father, for one for someone. For Holy
0: Spirit, <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe,
1: but uh, so that's one. The other ones are similar to the Latin. We have our traditions as well, and uh, that goes back all the way to uh, Jewish roots. I'm not that familiar with it, but I'm learning as we as we speak.
0: Sure. I think the the interesting thing would be to go back, as you are doing now, to learn more about the Jewish roots and Uh, how it relates to the fathers you you know i'm thinking of abraham and as you say daniel and and others who were there in iraq i think many times we read the bible and we read the place names but we don't always understand that this is a place that is still here today but was there thousands and thousands of years before and it's being mentioned in the bible so, yeah, well, whatever you learn, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that from you. Thank so you. I hope that there's a way for you to share that with us. Thinking about the Chaldean mission and you're now the administrator and there, you've been arranging so many events and activities. And I've also asked about some of the feasts. You yourself, is there a particular saint that you feel particularly close to?
1: Uh, good question. <laughs> I mean, any saint is good. Uh, yeah. They're all good. Yes. Uh, that's why they're called saints. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, I've been attached to uh, or praying to s- certain saints. And first one, first one is Saint Mary, Mother mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the first saint. first Christian. Uh, she said yes to the Lord, and my, uh, the angel appeared to her. You know, I pray, I ask her to to teach me say yes to the Lord as well I ask her to hold my hand and get me closer to his altar I pray the rosary as well for uh, that it's one of the weapons against the devil and uh, I seen her in my sleep a few times and it's very close to me uh, it's the mother of all people another saint is St. Paul St. Paul and he said if God is with you who can stand against you. you know his history of him how he converted to Christianity I mean the way I look at him, he was the stuff he was doing before Christianity, you know, similar to ISIS, uh, killing Christians, and now he's one of the saints. I loved his work, his teaching, uh, and I happened to see his church in Rome when I went to visit it uh, three weeks ago. Another sense is, uh, saint is St. Francis, especially his prayer, Lord, make me the of your peace. Uh, they kind of calm me down, and I'm frustrated, relax me, and... Uh, Uh, His love for the Lord and uh, how he was able to fight the devil, how close he was to the Lord, uh, and uh, his love for the animals as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was reading about him many times, uh, how he was praying with the animals, Mm. animals as creation of God, Mm -hmm. and they were very attached to him as well. And last is Pedro Pio, Uh, I happened to see his body, and he also was... He became a saint because of St. Francis. Yes. He's amazing, Father Pio, as well. Uh, he was willing to take all the pain and heat from the devil as he was trying to hurt him at, at night while praying mm-hmm. and uh, sacrificing for the Lord. I mean, there was pictures of him celebrating a mass, and you can see the wounds in his, in his arms. The stigmata. Uh, the stigmata, mm-hmm. thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that's amazing. Saint Rita as well, but as yeah, all are, all are good.
0: Listen, all, that's true, and I think we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that we yes, can exactly. ask for them to intercede on our behalf. And you know, these themselves—Saint Francis, Saint Paul, Saint Rita, uh, our Blessed Mother Mary—all of them, you know, when you reach out to them and ask them to help you, absolutely, they are powerful helpers.
1: Yeah, especially when, um, for Saint Mother Mary. Uh, When I sing uh, Salva Regina, uh, it's one of the prayers I learned at the action program. I feel close to her. Salva Regina is unbelievable.
0: It's a beautiful prayer. And it's so beautiful when it's sung. Yes. (laughs) I agree. So So I would like to ask you, um, I've asked you about a favorite saint, but would you be willing to share a prayer for us
1: in either Arabic or Aramaic? Sure. Uh, this is our father in, in Aramaic.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to start now. Shem Awa, Wawra, Ruhat, Kushal, Amin, Amin. Awan, Dishmeya, Nethadeshmach, Tethemelkutha, Nuwe, Nuwe Sawiana, Ekenna, Dishmeya, Ab, Bara Hawlan, Lahma. So can your Haubin Wahtahain, a kinna dab a hnan, chokan lahiawain, min beesha, العالم called de alam Now I'm going to say Hail Mary, Aramaic. Shlam lech Maryam, leith marin nesha, Wamorahu pera that was Hail
0: Mary
1: and Our Father in Arabic. I'm going to say this prayer as well. That uh, I I pray every day, and uh, and this is for the secret Heart of Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is in Arabic. Okay. يا يسوع انت ذو القلب الشفيق كل الجودة والصلاح انت تراني وتحبني انت الرحيم وغفور اذا أن ترى شقائي وترغب مداواتي ها انا تارك الرجاء فيك واتصبنك ان تهملني وانا ناعم في السوق دعمني امي فحق لي يا يسوع جميع وعودك نحن نعمل لازم لحالتي والقسامه في عائلتي وعدني في شدايدي وكمل جيب تمام حياتي في سعادتي متخاطئا في انسى اجي في قلبك ينبوع المراعي Amen. Amen. and uh, in my prayer card in my, excuse, my ordination card I have this prayer in English my Pope Clement and my family, and to make me think and you and my 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 talk about you, work for you, and sacrifice for you. I want to do what you ask of me in the way you ask, for as long as you ask, because you ask it.
0: Amen. That is a beautiful prayer as well. Thank you for that. Thank and you. I really appreciate you sharing these prayers for us in Aramaic, Arabic, as well as Pope Clement XI's prayer. I had yes. not heard that one before, but thank you. I, I, I oh, think no I will... This is... yeah.
1: This is a phrase over This it. is a big prayer.
0: It's a longer prayer, but but I'm, yeah. I'm, it's one of those. It's so lovely to have prayers that help you pray, you know, whether it's at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Exactly. Those treasury of prayers for us, I think it means so much. Um, and as many times as you say the prayer, it the meaning, it becomes even more meaningful for you as you are going through different situations in life.
1: Yes, and sometimes, uh, yeah, if you're deep into it, mm-hmm. you, you find what you're looking for.
0: Yes, very true.
1: If you meditate about it,
0: uh, yeah, that's true. If you're meditating on the words, that's so true. Yes. You will, the meaning, you know, it will become even deeper for you, at, at, depending where you are in your life and what you're going yes. through. Um, sometimes it's comfort, sometimes it's joy, and sometimes it's just affirmation of, faith. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Deacon Sermed, thank you so much for um, being here and allowing me to chat with you about your faith, about the Christianity as it is in Iraq. And of course, if someone would like to learn more about the Chaldean mission in Boston, where should they go?
1: Uh, We do have a Facebook group. Uh, it's called Bo- uh, Boston Chaldean Mission. I can send you the link. They can reach out to me by phone or email. I can send that to you as well. Uh, they can free to reach out to me. We do have masses twice a month. Now, in September, it's gonna, we're going to move to a new location in Newton. Right now, we are in Wayland. In September, we'll move to Newton. And we're going to have more masses uh, three times or four times a month. And... Uh, we, it's on Sundays, later in the day at one thirty, And uh, as I mentioned, you can reach out. We can track our news uh, on Facebook or by emails. They can, can be to email list or they can reach out to me.
0: All right, absolutely. We're happy I to have people. Well, that's wonderful. And, and, and I hope that people do reach out to you and they're able to visit and, and uh, attend Mass with you. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being with us again today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with Deacon Sermed Ashkodi. St. Paul, in the 12th chapter of the first letter to the Corinthians, says that we as followers of Christ are one body. Though this body has many parts, all the parts are one. And so it should follow that if one part suffers, all the parts suffer. If one part is honored, all the parts share in its joy. As the body of Christ, we are interconnected. Like the human body, if you have a headache, the rest of your body knows this and is affected. May we seek to learn about and understand the plight of our brothers and sisters in Iraq, China, Nigeria, and other countries in the world where they are currently suffering daily persecution, attacks, kidnappings, unjust imprisonment, and denial of basic human rights because of their faith. May we be in solidarity with them as we pray for them, share their stories with others so that the whole body is aware of this pain and injustice. May we be better able to advocate and be of assistance to them. Please go to the show notes at voicesfromthepews.com to read about the Chaldean Rite, the Chaldean mission, the plight of Christians in Iraq, as well as highlights of Pope Francis' visit last year. Please share this podcast with a friend over a cup of tea or by posting on social media with a comment as to what touched you about today's conversation. Use the hashtag Voices from the Pews. A very special thanks to Deacon Sermed Ashkuri for taking the time to be with us today. Please join us for the next episode when we will have a conversation with Emily Strand and Eric Stiles, co-hosts of the podcast, Meet Father Rivers. Thank you for listening to Voices from the Pews. Produced by Lorna DeRose Audio editing and post-production by Byron Lee Music composed and performed by André Lui Social media assistance provided by Jacqueline Brunache. Web hosting provided by Beyond the Brand Connect with us at VoicesFromThePews.com See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening.